the supermarket and we grabbed the items that we went for and a few extra snacks that you were always going to get but don't really need and we went to the checkouts. Now we, um, we get to the checkouts, this always happens to us, and both of us are making a mental calculation in our mind, and we both know that each other are doing it, so we decide to verbalise it out loud, right? So we make a negotiation, and we're like, well, we've only got six items, we're going to go into the express lane. So we get to the express lane, but this line's not moving, like, at all. There's a problem, and the person that's there, they're just like sorting that out for them, right? And it's Rotorua, and I'm 100% going to sound like the typical Aucklander, but they're relaxing and enjoying their days and not really in a whole lot of a hurry. So we, after about five minutes of standing and watching all these people walk out doing their triumphant stroll, we're like, nah, we're going to move now. So we redo our calculations. Sometimes we're so bad at this, like you might see us in Pack and Save before, and we split up to take the race together to see who's going to win. Like we can't figure this out together, right? It's really bad. <laughs> So we end up in a different checkout, and I know that the rest of you are doing this as well because we change lanes, we get there, we got our six items, this lady comes in behind us and Steve turns around and he's like, oh, don't worry, we've only got six items, this isn't going to take so, too long. She winks at us and she's like, I know, why do you think I chose this line? <laughs> so our line's now moving, but this operator, she's like top in customer service rapport. So she loves telling you about her five children and asking you about your children and your life. And we're like, okay, okay. Now we start seeing the express lane start moving. And one by one by one, they're walking out the door and they're doing their triumphant stroll now. And you know that person that you're watching, you're like, I was behind that person. And now they're walking out. I could have been walking out right now. But this lady, she's scanning our six items and about halfway through, she looks up to us and she's like, hey, you know it's an express lane, right? Oh. <laughs> we don't like waiting, do we? But we spend a lot of time waiting. We wait in line, we wait for news, we wait for the new promotion, we wait for the next season of life. But I think we're all a bit the same. We don't like to wait. How many of you spend more than an hour on a typical day waiting in traffic? Steve calls this the Great Auckland parking lot. <laughs> How do you spend that time? Are you listening to podcasts, growing, reading, praying, or are you ruminating on your day about how you could have done things differently or more productively? Or are you watching those lanes? You're like, I was behind that car, now I'm behind this car and I could have been over there now. How is your waiting posture? Most of us, we know the more common stories of the Bible. Abraham, Moses, Noah, Jonah. And if you don't, do you know what the best way to learn these are? Servant Children's Church. Honestly, so much fun. And these guys learn these stories in like the most epic way. So you've got to serve there and just have the best time. But anyway, these guys, they all had a waiting period. Abraham waited for his promised child. Moses had to wait to enter the land promised to Israel. Jonah had to sit in the belly of a whale. A bit smelly. And Noah had to wait 40 days in a boat to see the tops of the mountains. Now, I imagine this being like a little bit like lockdown, sitting in his little boat, just being like out the window. But a couple that you hear a little bit less about is Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah, he was a priest in the days of King Herod. The Bible begins their story when they're old and childless, and even though they had prayed for children. The Bible says that this couple were faithful, devout, and godly people. One day, when Zechariah was in the holy place, what we call church, an angel appeared to him and said, God has answered your prayers and the wait is over. They had waited decades for their promise, decades of praying and praising, serving God with hope. Can you imagine how that would have felt? He doubted, of course, and he reminded the angel of his age. 
I know I sure would. Like a few years ago, Steve and I, um, we struggled with infertility. And a few years ago, I was like, you know what, God? When I get to 40, just give that to somebody else. I'm good now. Like, So anyway, this child was to be a forerunner to the promised Messiah, also known as Jesus. And they were told what to name him in all, and that baby became Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, who then led the way for Jesus' ministry. Because of Zechariah's lack of faith, because he doubted, he was struck mute until the baby was born. Now the next part in the Bible says that Zechariah then stood on the temple steps, and the people could tell by his gestures that he had had, had, had a vision in church. Now, this is the part of the story that I imagine them all playing this giant game of charades, like angel, baby, like they would have been so confused, right? Like, try explaining that one to your wife. God has a chosen time for our prayers to be answered. Waiting is really hard, and often when we don't receive our promise right away, we start to doubt or lose hope. Promises are solid. God is never accidental and His timing is perfect. It's just not in our own human comprehension of time. And sometimes the answer is not what you thought it was gonna look like. Sometimes our way is for God to align other pieces of the plan. It doesn't mean that He's forgotten you. I'm sure Elizabeth didn't wait 80 years on purpose for her timing to come. Kids have excellent timing, don't they? They do. James 1, 2 to 3 says this, Consider it pure joy when you face trials, for testing produces perseverance. Now, I didn't purposely put that in there because I just only read this now, that testing and children and parenting go together. Didn't prove that, plan that. But waiting produces the strength we need to receive our promise. My girls and their timing are excellent. The other day we were in Marta 10 and we ran into another couple from church, we're chatting away and just assume that the children are around you, right? The next thing you hear, the lady say, oh no, no, darling, don't do that. So immediately you do the typical parent thing, like you turn around, make sure it's not my child. And I see Serenity has stripped completely naked, clothes all the way down the aisle, and not an interest in toilet training before today, has found the giant glowed porcelain bowl, brand new, sitting in the middle of the shop floor, and is reversing up to the toilet to do her business. The middle of night at 10, of all the timings, right? Of course, I was like, no, 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 no. All through the store, I was like, it's not the right time. Wait a moment. We can try this again at home. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment of my life. The lady's like, oh, you don't believe how often this happens. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> when a child asks a parent if they can do something and the parent responds, wait a moment, it's not because they don't want to give the child their desire or because they've been mean. There's a reason that comes out of love whether they need to learn a lesson or a skill or something before they can do that thing. God is our heavenly father. Philippians and Psalms tells us that he takes delight in giving us our desires of our heart and will meet all our needs. If you have not received your promise yet, perhaps this is a time to strengthen and grow your capacity for what comes next. So how do we wait in a way that steps us closer to our promise? Maybe by considering the lessons in the wait. God is at work in our waiting. We might not see any progress in our lives, particularly in times of difficulty or personal growth, but there is a plan and a purpose to all of it. God can see 
that there are things in our lives that need to be ironed out, that would only remain creased and messy if we were to continue, and if it weren't for the times of refined waiting. This is a time to learn and grow. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Maybe this time of waiting is to allow you space to deal with unforgiveness. Perhaps this is a time to let go and do some hard work and break some of those stubborn habits. This time it's for us to do a spring cleaning of our hearts, to dig deep, press in, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal some things that need to be weeded out. Before we were parents, I was a nanny to twins. And it was a lovely job, I loved the job, but it was really difficult every day watching this incredible family have their promise, these beautiful children, and it was a reminder of what we were unable to do. But in God's perfect plan, he was using this time to mold my character. I had an opportunity to complete internship, attended different meetings and um, built different skills and learned how to be a mother to multiples. If you're waiting for your job promotion, Build your skills for the role, read books, get a mentor, and build your capacity for what comes next. Next, we surrender to the process. Psalms 37 7 says this Surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not be preoccupied with an evildoer who succeeds in his way when he carries out his schemes. I wrote some of this message while we were in the waiting room at the hospital. Now, when you have God on your side, there's little time for worrying, there's so much peace, and so what else do you end up doing? You end up observing the room. You're in limbo when you're sitting in a waiting room. There's a promise, you've got your promise, doctors are working in another room. There's something happening, but you can't see it. You can only trust that they've got it, so what else do we do? We develop, we grow, we read, we pray, be built up by encouragement, or maybe we're encouraging others. We're all doing the right thing waiting, but we're also not changing anything. How we wait doesn't change how the doctors are operating. The plan remains the same either way. We can worry, but we can't force the outcome or make the waiting period shorter. We live in a microwave culture, but we serve a slow cooker God. That's where that comes in. These noodles represent our prayers. I really don't like these, so they're free to a home after this. <laughs> these noodles represent our prayers. So at the moment, we're praying for a house. So we send it off, we pop it in the microwave, and then we're like, cool, that's done. We start searching for the listing, we're waiting for the call. We're like, come on, God, when's it coming? As time goes on, we start to lose hope and we doubt. We, we force the process and by doing that, we settle for the two minute noodles. But when we place these in the slow cooker and we surrender to the process and we say, okay, God, it's yours, you do what you wanna do. He develops them, he builds the character. He, um, yeah, builds the character necessary for the next leg of the journey. And the result is something so delectable and delicious and worth the wait. Do we want two minute noodles 
Oh, do we want chow mein? I know I want chow mein. We can't bypass the process or skip the waiting room and have an instant promised outcome. We can only lean into and own this time and maximize it to develop ourselves and others. Change takes time. We can't change immediately, it's too much of a shock. We lose nutrients and the flavors that take time to develop. It's a process of God working within you and leaning into God to carry us through different seasons and challenges. So often you hear people talk about their five-year plan, and I don't know about you, but I just smile. We need to submit to God's timeline, let go of our attempts to change the plan or plan our way out of God's plan and allow Him to lead. I never thought that I would be up here. In fact, I'm pretty sure I told God that I didn't want to be. <laughs> but this is the process. You never say never to God. This is the process. I. I sat in the crock pot, crock pot, marinating in teachings, attended Toastmasters meetings, completed internship, and submitted to his call and purpose. Had I microwaved here, it would have turned to custard. <laughs> Why are you saying mm-hmm? <laughs> then we focus on the blessings past. The enemy is a thief and a liar. He will try to discourage and distract you from your promise. Find the joy and blessings where you are. And John 16, says this, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome. Focusing on how he brought you out of the valley before, how he created a home and a community for you here. And Philippians 4, 8 says, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Praise Him in the storm. What has He faithfully done for you already? If you're feeling a little stuck, a little bit clouded, you can start with, He has forgiven your sins. He bought your salvation and He brought you here to this incredible family of people. Where can you be a blessing to others in this season? Who has he placed around you that you can be a blessing to? Or maybe that you can uplift in prayer for their promise. Lastly, we live like it's here. In Mark 11, 24, it says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it. What is it that you're waiting for? And what can you do to prepare? If you're waiting for your baby, be the best babysitter you can be. Start the Pinterest board for the nursery. Buy a decoration or a book that you'll read to your future child. If you're waiting for healing, plan out your dream vacation or buy those hiking boots for when you are well. If you're waiting to own a home, buy the doormat or the first frame to put on the walls and buy the file you'll put your residency certificate into. Whatever your promise looks like, buy something or create something that's gonna create joy and a sense of excitement when hope, whenever you catch a glimpse of it. That's gonna be your testimony when your promise has come. Um, a few years ago, before we had kids, um, we received a book from a friend. And at the time, um, he said, oh, this is for to read for your future child. And I was like, all right, well, I don't actually know if it's gonna happen or not, but I'll hold on to it anyway. And I can tell you, that thing fed my hope. Whenever I looked at it, I was like, yes, I'm gonna read that one day. Yes, I'm gonna read that one day. And can I tell you that I fought tears. The girls must have thought I was so strange. Fought tears the first time that I read that to them. And still that today, that is one of their favorite stories. So I love that story. So as I said before, Steve and I, we struggled with infertility for 10 years. 
We went to doctors, we explored different paths to build a family. We felt the heartbreak and the yearning of wanting to build a family and not being able to create one. In 2016, I was at a conference with staff and I finally said to God, Lord, if this isn't your plan, take it away. I don't wanna feel like this anymore. And so we're in worship and I distinctively remember him, him giving me this image and it was of me standing there and holding onto a little girl's hand and he said to me, that's your daughter. So immediately I turned around, got my journal, wrote it down. When I started to lose hope or doubt, I ran to my journal, I reread what I had heard just to um, check that I had heard it correctly and I clung to that promise. Every month when it came through, it said, when God? Grabbed my journal, reminded myself. Eventually we decided to give foster care a go. We're like, okay, we've got all this love to give, we can learn parenting skills along the way and in our minds, this was the next step in the journey towards our promise. I, um, to do this, we set up the nursery and I was so proud of this. Like it fed my face so much having this room in the house that was dedicated for children. And I took photos of it, I brought it to work and we're showing everyone at, at lunch one day. And Denise says to me, you're gonna get twins. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, but also at the same time inside, I was like. <laughs> so after a few placements, we got a call. Um, Steve was homesick that day and they said, hey, we've got these twin girls. They're coming in two hours, can you take them? We're like, yep, sure. So they turn up in two hours time, the social worker brings them in and she says, oh, just to let you know, like it's just a temporary placement because we're actually looking for a permanent home for them. So Steve and I would just look at each other. Within two weeks, we had said yes to them becoming ours forever. Do you know? <laughs> when I got their birth certificates, something stood out to me. So I quickly ran and got my journal, because I was like, something seems a bit familiar here. So I quickly ran and got my journal. Can I tell you, the day I got my promise back in 2016, I got it at 9.15 a.m. I even wrote the time. 9.15 a.m. I got my promise that day, standing in worship. Later that day, this is joyful, by the way. <laughs> Later that day, at 2 p.m., our promises were born. While we were journeying the process, God was orchestrating His plan, building our character, ironing out the crinkles so that we were ready, prepared with clean, open hearts to receive our miracles. We did receive our promise and in a double portion. It didn't come in the form that we expected, but it was his perfect timing. Watch with expectancy for your promise, but be prepared for unexpected answers. The moment that I received our promise, he was bringing our precious girls into this world. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Let's pray. If everyone um, can bow their head, close their eyes. There's a couple of groups that I wanna pray for here. The first group is you're waiting for your promise. Maybe you've got your promise and you're in that waiting period right now. You're like, Lord, I'm here. 
I'm ready. I'll grow. If that's you, I want to pray for you right now. If you just pop your hand up and give a little wave so I know who I'm praying for, that would be awesome. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for these people right now. Father, I thank you for their promise and I believe that it's coming. I believe that you are currently orchestrating this plan and you are aligning things. Father, I pray for their hearts in this waiting period. Lord, I would pray that you build them up that you place people in their lives that would also build them up and believe for their promise as well, Father. And I pray that you would place other people in their lives that they can build up for their promise as well, Father. I, I thank you for the plan that we can't see right now and the incredible testimony that is to come, Lord. I pray that they would surrender to you right now, that they would be believing and leaning into you and you would just surround them and just show them how much you love them. Thank you, Lord. The second group of people I want to pray for. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Maybe your life is far from Him. Do you know the truth is that He loves you and He sent His one and only Son to die for you. We all sin and we all mess up, but God in His grace took all of that on Himself. That's how much He loves you. Maybe you're here and you're like, I want that. I want that peace. I want that assurance. I'm ready to surrender. If that's you, I'm gonna invite you to say a prayer with me, just a short little prayer in your hearts. And on the count of three, just so we can pray together, I want you to raise your hand. Every head is still bowed, every eye is still closed. No one's looking around. And I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm choosing from this day forward to live for Him. On count of three, I want you to lift your hands. One, He loves you so much. Two, if you were the only one that He had to die for, He would do it again. And three, you can raise your hands now. I see that hand, thank you. Thank you. Right, I just want you to, to pray along with me in your hearts. Lord, today, I surrender my life to you. I admit that I've done some things wrong and I accept you into my life and I know that you are taking them away right now. I choose from this day forward to live for you, to learn about you and to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give Kylie a big round of applause? Hey, so good. So good. We should get you on next week too. That would be great. Awesome. <laughs> hey, so as we come to the, the close of our service, everybody, it's been so good to be together again this early on in the year. There's a few things that I want to let you know about. The first thing is, is right in front of you right now, you'll see there's an Orange Connect card and there's a pen there. If you would like to connect with us for, for any reason, maybe you want to join a small group coming up this year, be a part of our Dream Team, do growth track, or, or maybe you said yes to Jesus right then. Uh, this is really simple. This is a safe card for you to fill out. Uh, you can be confident that, that this information is, is staying uh, with uh, my team and I'm confident of your 
your primacy in there. But if you would, if you said yes to Jesus right now, we've got a we've got a, a person who are going to be at our doors afterwards there in a blue t-shirt. They've got a Bible for you and a pack to help you. And and but otherwise, all Connect cards can go in the Connect box right by the door. That would be so good for you to fill out. You can fill out those right now. Now I want to let you know about a couple of things coming up in the life of our church. Now next week we are back to our normal two services. Uh, which is going to be so good to create more space for, for more people to come to, uh, to know God and to find freedom to discover their purpose. So, so I want to let you know about something uh, important though, is that uh, for our early birds, 9 o'clock, all our programs are going to be running back then. But our second service, we're just pushing back by 15 minutes to 11 o'clock, making it nice and easy. 9 and 11 o'clock. Uh, so, so if you're a, a late bird, you get an extra 15 minutes in bed. Or if you're an early bird, uh, yours is still the same. But wanna, we'll do some promotion to make sure that you remember next week that our service will be 9 and 11. Make sure you, you come next week as well. The second thing I want to let you know about is Growth Track. You can sign up today. Uh, we'll be in touch with the 